Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today uh, is is really the the hearings on the Hill, and we we look at what Sondland said in real time, and the way the media is going to spin this. This is going to be a victory lap for them, uh, and we explain why. Now, on cross examination, things also came out in the president's favor. Will the media discuss that at all? All that and more on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. The ambassador who is at the center of the inquiry has just taken a seat in Capitol Hill in front of the impeachment hearing and uh, the Intel Committee, and they're about to ask him some questions. Schiff has just sat down, and he's about to open those big, huge bug eyes. Can you imagine if he and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ever had a child? The head would be just a giant eye. <laughs> Was it a Cyclops has one eye? Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, the Cyclops uh, is Cyclops a third child. eye, I think, right? Oh, Cyclops is a third eye. What's I'm thinking of, like, isn't there a, there's a, something on The Simpsons that's just one no, big one eye. eye? yeah. Yeah, whatever that thing well, is. Well, it'd be Mike. Well, we could just say the baby would look like Mike from Monsters, Inc., Yes, that's oh, there. Yeah. You go, perfect. Mike right. from Monsters Inc. Exactly. <laughs> that is what I'm thinking yeah. about. This is the this is a big day. We've had a lot of I don't know a lot of things that you kind of would expect. Sondland is the witness. This is the playoff game. It's I don't, is it the Super Bowl? Maybe it's the Super Bowl. It's right there. Uh, it's not the, the Super Bowl. It's a playoff. This, it's, it's a playoff. A playoffs. Yeah, it's a high stakes game. And here's mm-hmm. the thing: Sondland is is the one of the big complaints that Republicans have is you keep giving us hearsay evidence. No one, none of these people have even talked to the president. Well, Sondland has talked to the president. All the things that have come out that have been reported as these huge bombshell negatives for the president have all been through Sondland because Sondland was the guy that talked to the president. He's the guy who was on the phone at this restaurant uh, and the, all the people around apparently overheard it. He's the guy that reportedly after the conversation said you know trump doesn't care about ukraine all he cares about is his own personal you know benefit with politics so now sondland has not said he's said any of those things he has revised his testimony a couple times to move it more towards the evidence democrats have presented so he came out and said He's looking for his survival, I think, one way or another. Well, he's a guy. He's not a political kind of guy, and he's looking for his survival. And if he was lying, he realized, oh, crap, I'm in deep trouble. Yeah, and they keep bringing up this, you know, the the media keeps bringing up the same point, which is every time they bring one of these people up, like, this is a public servant. This man has been worked for Republicans and Democrats. He's been in the State Department for 912 years. And they bring this up as if, you know, it's positive. Yeah, that's right. Sondland is not that guy. Sondland mm-hmm. was a uh, was not a huge Trump fan initially, but came mm-hmm. around to him in a big way and wound up donating uh, over a million dollars to his inauguration uh, campaign. Mega donor, as is the case with every administration, the mega donors wind up getting ambassadorships, and so he's the the guy going to the EU. I want to take uh, uh, Adam Schiff because he's talking about the 2016 election in Ukraine, that it was a discredited conspiracy theory, that there was anything going on, and who the president feared the most was Joe Biden, and Sondland's about to say that that's all true. 
in exchange for politically motivated investigations that Trump believed would help his reelection campaign. The first investigation was of a discredited conspiracy theory that Ukraine, not Russia, was responsible for interfering in the 2016 election. No, Adam, they can both be responsible. The second investigation that Trump demanded into was into a political rival that he apparently feared most, Joe Biden. Trump sought to weaken Biden uh, and to refute the fact that his own election campaign in 2016 had been helped by a Russian hacking and dumping operation and Russian social media campaign directed by Vladimir Putin to help Trump. Trump's scheme undermined military the, and diplomatic support. To deal with Adam Schiff's pacing and these things. It's really deliberate, slow, and weird. Trump and then when he gets questions from other Republicans on the committee, States. he just stares straight forward like he's on some weird drug. Right. You notice that? Yeah. It's really creepy. Yeah, he, he might be on some weird drug. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> You're expecting someone to, cares about to explain him? Even his mother's like, I have no idea. He's been creepy weird ever since he was sitting at the, the <laughs> dinner table in his high chair with those creepy eyes and that big forehead. <laughs> the president found himself increasingly embroiled in an effort to press the new Ukrainian president that deviated sharply from the norm in both terms of policy and process. Interesting visual for the radio listeners. So, they're showing clips of Sondland as Schiff is reading this. Sondland does not look... Um, he looks confident. He looks confident. He, he looks like this is a joke. I know exactly what happened. Yeah, he looks like he, yeah. he's been smiling through yep. this with Schiff. He's projecting confidence. Yeah, not not a I'm I'm going to tell it's a big secret and I'm so sorry. Right. It's not that vibe, at least visually right. from Sondland. Uh, I want to someone at a goal of the White House meeting for President Zelensky, which the group deemed crucial for U.S.-Ukrainian relations. So as uh, Schiff is blabbing here, can I give you a preview here of this uh, opening yes. statement? There's some big, pretty big stuff in it. Um, they uh, He goes through a series of about six points here at the beginning of it. We've uh, acquired the uh, testimony here in advance. Um, and what's interesting here, probably the big takeaway, is his fourth point here. Um, and he's going to go through this whole thing in just a couple of minutes, but we're going to give you a preview anyway. He says, as I testified previously, this is when he changed his testimony, Mr. Giuliani's requests were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House visit for President Zelensky. Mr. Giuliani demanded that Ukraine make a public statement announcing investigations of the 2016 DNC server and Burisma. Mr. Giuliani was expressing the desires of the president of the United States, and we knew that these investigations were important to the president. So that is as clear a, an that's accusation. The, that's again, the only one that really has any real first-hand credibility yeah. on this. And he's saying, now again, like you can say, this is why we've made this point 5,000 times. You can't set the hurdle at quid pro quo. It's a, it's a dumb place to defend because there's tons of people who were all acting like it was a quid pro quo. They all seem to have evidence and and uh, and at least belief and testimony here that it happened. Now, Sondland is as close as we're, we've been able to see from to the president that is saying, yes, that's what it was. Again, Sondland is not just some guy. He's a huge supporter of the president. Um, so that is a, is a big deal. And it points to, if nothing else, Glenn, and see if you agree with this, that Giuliani is going to be the focus of this. These these people who are in this situation who are on the borderline, like Sondland, who could get in trouble or could be the hero witness, mm -hmm. are going to push this, not necessarily to the president uh, at the end, but 
towards Giuliani. And if they can get Giuliani to take the blame for all of it, um, it may be a place where uh, where the, the president and everybody else winds up being comfortable. Uh, now, that whether that works or not, I don't know. It's a question of whether the American people believe that. And I think, you know, there's some evidence to believe that Giuliani does this type of thing, you know, on his own. Um, but they, he says in his testimony that we knew, we didn't think Giuliani was necessary for this process, but we did not think he was acting in bad faith. We did not think he was trying to do something illicit. We thought it was a legitimate uh, role. We just didn't really like that he was involved in our thing. So he says, finally, at all times, I was acting in good faith as presidential uh, appointee. I followed the directions of the president. We worked with Mr. Giuliani because the president directed us to do so. We had no desire to set any uh, conditions on the Ukrainians. Indeed, my personal view, which I shared repeatedly with others, was that the White House meeting and security assistant should have proceeded without preconditions of any kind. We were working to overcome the problems given the facts as they existed. Our only interest was to advance longstanding U.S. policy and support Ukraine's fragile democracy yeah that, that's interesting and he in the previous paragraph also talks about the quid pro quo he's mentioning he's saying was a thing was about the meeting not about the money correct when he found out about the money he was uh, the security assistance he was very upset about that um, and did not think that that should be any part of the uh, uh, policy whatsoever so he is making a distinction there is like yeah we were we were doing a yeah you can come meet with the president but you got to do this investigation thing that did happen, according to Sondland. However, he's saying when he found out about the security assistance being withheld, he was very angry about it. Um, and uh, he said he was adamantly opposed to suspension of any aid. Uh, he tried diligently to ask why the aid was suspended, but never received a clear answer. What's interesting about that is it means the quid pro quo that he's talking about, according to Sondland, did not have to do with the money. He never got an answer as to the why money. the money was suspended. That's a big a big distinction here. The Democrats will certainly push uh, on that to see if they can get something else to pop out of it. But that is uh, that's a, it looks like that's the direction, the sort of uh, the window he's trying to fit this into. So he says, with enthusiasm, we return to the White House May 23rd to brief the president from Ukraine. Um, the important strategic importance of Ukraine and the value of strengthening the relationship with President Zelensky uh, to support this reformer. We asked the White House for two things, a working phone call between uh, Presidents Trump and Zelensky, and second, a working Oval Office visit. In our view, both were vital to cementing the U.S.-Ukraine relationship, demonstrating support for Ukraine in the face of Russia aggression and advancing broader U.S. policy interest. Unfortunately, Trump was skeptical. He expressed concerns that the Ukrainian government was not serious about reform. He even mentioned that Ukraine tried to take him down in the last election. Our response to the persistent efforts to change his views, President Trump directed us, talk with Rudy. We understood talk with Rudy meant Mr. Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer. Let me say again, we weren't happy with the president's directive to talk with Rudy. We didn't want to involve Mr. Giuliani. I believe then, as I do now, that the men and women of the State Department, not the president's personal lawyer, should take responsibility for Ukrainian matters. Uh, so do I, but unless there's something else going on. Is uh, Schiff done with this yet? Is he still blabbing? He's still blabbing. If president Zelensky did not clear things up oh, in public. The only person this this, this in, uh, impeachment is more about than actual President Trump is the Schiff. Like it's all about Schiff. The Schiff show. He loves it. Schiff show with the goo goo mm -hmm. googly eyes. Um, 
I first uh, communicated with Mr. Giuliani in early August. He emphasized that the uh, uh, president wanted a public statement from uh, Zelensky. Uh, Mr. Giuliani specifically mentioned the 2016 election, uh, Burisma, and the two things that were important to the president. We kept the leadership of the State Department and NSC informed about our activities. We included communication with the director of uh, Secretary of State Pompeo, his counselor, uh, his executive st- secretary, all within the State Department, communications with uh, Ambassador John Bolton, Fiona Hill, blah, blah, blah. They all knew what we were doing and why. Well, that doesn't does that look good for them. Because they all kind of said they didn't know what was going on. I mean, it is you can tell there is seemingly animosity between. Sondland again, who's not a State Department guy, although he was he does believe in the State Department and had a big role there uh, between him and Giuliani. I mean, they, they they are throwing a lot of this on Giuliani. And, you know, while they're saying like there's a big, you know, segment kind of that you mentioned there where he is saying, look, we didn't want to do this. We didn't want Giuliani involved. The president, though, was skeptical of the State Department. And so we went along with it. But we did not want Giuliani involved in this. Now, look, it's the president's decision whether Giuliani's... I mean, the president's the guy paying him, right? It's his personal lawyer. So he gets to make those decisions, and Sondland respects them here, but is pointing out uh, over and over again that he did not like the idea, the road it went down. So it really looks uh, in this testimony so far that you haven't heard yet, but we're reading ahead on his opening statement. His opening statement at least as far as we have read, I'm halfway through page uh, the 24-page document uh, and reading it as we are telling you about it. Uh, he is um, he looks like he's going after Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani is looks like uh, he's going to be the the fall guy. Can we take Nunez and his opening statement? Coming up here, he's, he's coming he's, up he's... in uh, just a second. Um, some things happened yesterday that we'll get into as well that that did not go well for the Democrats. Um, and you know, well, let's just see this. This is this is a really important important day uh, for the impeachment hearing. Adam Schiff. With that, I recognize Ranking Member Nunes for any remarks that he's. Thank God, finally finished. Thank the gentleman. As we learned last night, story time last night, we get story time first thing this morning. Ambassador Sondland, welcome. Glad you're here. I'm really not glad you're here, but welcome to the fifth day of this circus. Sondland really does look happy. Democrats on this committee spent three years accusing President Trump of being a Russian agent. In March 2018, after a year-long investigation... Intelligence Committee Republicans issued a 240-page report describing in detail how the Russians meddled in the 2016 elections and making specific recommendations to improve our election security. Denouncing the report as a whitewash and accusing Republicans of subverting the investigation, the Democrats issued their own report, focusing on their now debunked conspiracy theory that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia to hack the elections. Notably, the Democrats vowed at the time to present a further, quote, comprehensive report, unquote, after they finished their investigation into Trump's treasonous collusion with Russia. 
For some completely inexplicable reason, after the implosion of their Russia hoax, the Democrats failed to issue that comprehensive report. We're still waiting. This episode shows how the Democrats have exploited the Intelligence Committee for political purposes for three years, culminating in these impeachment hearings and their mania to attack the president. No conspiracy theory is too outlandish for the Democrats. Time and time again, they floated the possibility of some far-fetched malfeasance by Trump, declared the dire need to investigate it, and then suddenly dropped the issue and moved on to their next asinine theory. A sampling of their accusations and insinuations includes these. Trump is a longtime Russian agent, as described in the Steele dossier. The Russians gave Trump advance access to emails stolen by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign. The Trump campaign based some of its activities on these stolen documents. Trump received nefarious materials from the Russians through a Trump campaign aid. Trump laundered Russian money through real estate deals. Trump was blackmailed by Russia through his financial exposure with Deutsche Bank. Trump had a diabolical plan to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. Trump changed the Republican National Committee platform to hurt Ukraine and benefit Russia. The Russians laundered money through the NRA for the Trump campaign. Trump's son-in-law lied about his Russian contacts while obtaining his security clearance. It's a long list of charges, all false. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So I want to take you back to the hearings. Uh, Sondland, Ambassador Sondland, is still reading his opening statement. Uh, if you just joined us, you missed a couple of things. Uh, let me just read probably the most critical thing in the last 20 minutes. Also, July 26, shortly after our Kiev meetings, I spoke by phone with President Trump, the White House, which had finally shared certain call dates and times with my attorneys to confer- will confirm this. The call lasted five minutes. I remember I was at a restaurant in Kiev, and I had no reason to doubt that this conversation included the subject of investigations. Again, given Mr. Giuliani's demand that President Zelensky make a public statement about investigations, I knew the topic of investigations was important to the president. We did not discuss any classified information. Other witnesses recently shared their recollections of overhearing this call. But for the most part, I have no reason to doubt their accounts. It is true that the president speaks loudly at times. It's also true that we discussed ASAP Rocky. It's true that the president likes colorful language. While I can't remember the price precise details, again, the White House has not allowed me to see any of the readouts of that call, the July 26 call did not strike me as significant at the time. Actually, I would have been more surprised if President Trump had not mentioned investigations, particularly what we were hearing from Mr. Giuliani about the president's concerns. However, I have no recollection of discussing Vice President Biden or his son on the call or after the call ended. I know that members of this committee have frequently framed those complicated issues in the form of a simple question. Was there quid pro quo? 
As I testified previously with regard to the White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes, there was. Mr. Giuliani conveyed to Secretary Perry, uh, Ambassador Volcker, and others the president wanted a public statement from President Zelensky committing to investigations of Burisma and the 2016 election. Mr. Giuliani expressed those requests directly to the Ukrainians. Mr. Giuliani also expressed those requests directly to us. We all understood the prerequisites for a White House call and a White House meeting. It reflected President Trump's desires and requirements. So they they talk about, uh, you know, it was no secret. In fact, let me quote, it was no secret. Everyone was informed via email on July 19th, days before the presidential call. As I communicated to the team, I told President Zelensky in advance that assurances to, quote, run a fully transparent investigation, end quote, and, quote, turn over every stone, end quote, were necessary in his call with the president. That doesn't seem like a bad thing to ask for if you want a meeting. The rest of it seems to be, this is what I heard or what I later came to believe, but no evidence. But make no mistake, this is going to hurt the president's case because he has made his case, which it is not. But he has decided to make the case all about quid pro quo. This is the only guy with firsthand knowledge that can say there was quid pro quo. But he didn't say it was happening from the president. He said it was happening through Rudy Giuliani, that only Rudy Giuliani said quid pro quo. There, the, you have to do this or he's not going to get that meeting. And that, But he is saying that did come directly from the president to Giuliani. But he does not have firsthand knowledge, but yeah. that would, you know, that would be a good assumption. Sure. I think it's important to kind of talk about what we're doing here today, which is I think you can go probably all over uh, talk radio today and mm-hmm. get people telling you that. You know, oh, these guys are all it's all a sham and it's a hoax and and there's nothing going on here. And you can certainly go on every media source today and they're going to say this is the worst thing in the world. What I feel like it's important for us to do today is to look at this and see how is the media going to take this? How how are they going to push this to the American people? What the truth is and what what is still speculation? So and, and what what is the approach the Democrats are trying to take here? Right, they are playing by the president's. They're letting him hang himself on the quid pro quo. When I say this is bad for the president, I mean it's bad for the president because he has insisted on making it only about that. It's not about that. It's about the national interest on what happened in the 2016 election and deep corruption in our State Department and former administration. That's what this is really all about. But he has insisted on making this about quid pro quo. And so, because everybody knows that, what's going to happen is the media is just going to pound Sondland's thing into the ground saying, yes. Those who question if there was a quid pro quo, I can tell you, yes. This does, I think, potentially provide an off-ramp for Trump on that defense, which is is to say, wait a minute, we're talking about the meeting? Well, meetings we use for all sorts of things. You were talking about security. You're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. I didn't withhold that. I didn't withhold their safety for, for any of these things. Right. I withheld a meeting, as Sondland said. 
And it does give him an off-ramp from that argument, potentially. If he decides, if he decides to, take to take it. it. He's had he, plenty of them. He does, you know, like, you're he's right. had off-ramp after off-ramp after off-ramp. The biggest one being Mick Mulvaney, who came out and took all the arrows for um, uh, saying, look, it's not about quid pro quo. This stuff happens all the time. And we haven't, I mean, Mick's been invisible since. Uh, apparently did not go over yeah. well uh, in the White House and was not received well by the media. But he was being honest, which is like, this stuff happens all the time. Of course, when you're giving a company or a country $391 million, there are some strings attached to that. Yeah, it's true. And there are real, there's real nuance in Ambassador Sondland's testimony. Mm-hmm. He talks about how the president didn't believe anybody in, in Ukraine. He thought they were all corrupt. He right. didn't want anything to do with it. So there again is a reason in national interests to withhold the money. And, and that backed up Trump's sort of telling of Correct. this, which is it was for the national interest and Correct. not for personal, private, political Correct. benefits. So we're talking about a couple of things. We're talking about how the media is, is going to run with it, and you know that. Um, how the legal case uh, should be run here by the Republicans, but I don't know what the Republicans are doing. Um, and what this means for the deep state. Now, yesterday we had some we had some pretty incredible things uh, happen um, uh, yesterday with the uh, witnesses that were there. Vinman was um, is a guy who uh, was pursued by Ambassador Sondland um, and Rudy Giuliani. Uh, he was a guy who said there was no national interest in this. If Ukraine was engaging in U.S. election interference, colluding with Obama, and Bidens were using the power of the government to make millions of dollars with a known corrupt oligarch, he didn't hear about it, and it wasn't in the national interest. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, he didn't. It, it showed that the the... The three amigos were Sondland, the guy who's testifying now, Vinman, who testified yesterday, and the whistleblower. Vinman was on the phone call, and we found out yesterday that when he finished the phone call, he immediately ran out and talked to the whistleblower and, I believe, Sondland, right? And... um think it's Sondland. Uh, and they started to uh, war game this out. Now, it wasn't Sondland. Who was the other guy? It was uh, the other guy with the bow tie guy, wasn't it? Taylor? Uh, Taylor was Kent. the first Kent. day. It was Kent. It was Kent. So Kent is the three amigo. Uh, it was Kent, the whistleblower, and Vinman. Now, yesterday, we looked you know, at, at Vinman, the... They kept asking him, did you know about all of these things? Did you know about uh, corruption in Burisma? Did you know that was happening? Did you know that there was speculation that his son was corrupt? Did you know anything about the DNC working with the with the um, the embassy? Did you know anything? And gave this whole list. The answer was no on absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. So he looks as if he is, I mean, he's supposed to be a Ukrainian expert. This is his beat. The name Chalupa had been floating around. Soros' involvement in Ukraine had been known since 
early 2015. Hunter Biden's involvement with Burisa had been a topic of concern in the State Department for a while, as testified by George Kent last week. So was this guy lying or was he just incompetent? We'll tell you more about this uh, coming up in uh, in just a second because we have an expose on this. It's really important tonight at 5 o'clock. We'll tell you about it here in a second. But uh, looks like Adam Schiff is now ready to, to uh, ask some questions of Sondland. And here they are. Over this, over this continuum, uh, it became more and more difficult to secure the White House meeting because more conditions were being placed on the White House meeting. And then, of course, on July 25th, although you were not privy to the call, another condition was added, that being the investigation of the Bidens. I was not privy to the call, and I did not know that uh, the condition of, of investigating the Bidens was a condition. Correct. You saw that in the call record, correct? It was not in any record I received. But when you did Yes, see. I saw that in September, correct. So under, uh, on this continuum, the uh, beginning of the continuum begins on May 23rd when the president instructs you to talk to Rudy? Correct. Uh, and you understood that as a direction by the president that you needed to satisfy the concerns that Rudy Giuliani would express to you uh, about what the president wanted in Ukraine? Not to me, to the entire group, Volker, Perry, and myself. Correct. Now, in your opening statement, you confirm that there was a quid pro quo between the White House meeting and the investigations into Burisma and the 2016 election that Giuliani was publicly promoting. Is that right? Correct. And, in fact, you say that other senior officials in the State Department and the Chiefs of Staff's office, including Mick Mulvaney, Secretary Pompeo, were aware of this quid pro quo that in order to get the White House meeting, there were going to have to be these investigations the president wanted. Correct. And those, again, are investigations into 2016 and Burisma slash the Bidens. 2016 Burisma. The Bidens did not come up. But you would ultimately learn that Burisma meant the Bidens when you saw the call record, correct? Of course. Today I know exactly what it means. I didn't know at the time. Credible, Stu? And then on July 26th, so far, he, he's not all pro-Democrats. We've President pointed this out multiple times now, but it's a lot of his testimony is actually helping the president here um, in some ways, in, in if, some ways, and hurting him in others. Yeah, if he chooses to let them help. Recounting that I take exception with is I do not recall mentioning the Bidens. That did not enter my mind. It was Burisma in 2016 elections. You have no reason to believe that Mr. Holmes would make that up if that's what he recalls you saying. You have no reason to question that, do you? I, I, I don't recall saying Biden. I never recall saying Biden. It's Biden Marie's. But the rest of Mr. Holmes' uh, recollection is consistent with your own. Well, I can't testify as to what Mr. Holmes might or might not have heard through the phone. I don't know how he heard the conversation. But are you familiar with his testimony? Vaguely, yes. And the only exception you take is to the mention of the name Biden. Correct. That could be significant. They're going to use that. Testimony this morning that not only uh, is it correct that the president brought up with you investigations on the phone the day after the July 25th call, but you would have been surprised had he not brought that up. Is that right? 
Right, because we had been hearing about it from Rudy, and we presumed Rudy was getting it from the president. So One of the big things you're like seeing here from Sondland, in, in his testimony, he said the conversation after the phone conversation at the restaurant, Holmes where he said, you, told him you know, he doesn't Trump care doesn't about Ukraine, care about is mm-hmm. not included in his opening statement. And you see the tricky uh, shift tactic there, which is to say, do you, do you know that, are you familiar with his testimony? He says vaguely. He says, well, so the only thing that you disagree with is you didn't say Biden. And he says, yeah. Well, well, that wait a minute. There's a whole other part of the call you haven't discussed at all, and now yeah. they're going to say he uh, agreed with that part of the testimony as if he knew what he was talking about. Back in just a second, one minute. Keep the testimony running in case something happens. Uh, do you remember the good old days when the internet was safe and fun? Nobody tried to hack and steal things from you. Yeah, no, it never happened. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. So, Pat Bray is uh, joining us. By the way, happy birthday, Pat. No, thank you. Uh, I'd get you a gift, but you have the pants. Didn't I give those back on your birthday? Nope. Wow, we have been giving inconsiderate of me. It is. We've been giving wow. the same gift to Dang each it. other uh, since what 1989, I think. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, it, it's a uh, it's a pair of lovely golf pants uh, that I bought Pat originally in 1989. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. pink paisley golf pants from Ralph Lauren. Very nice. And, um, well, very colorful. Yeah. So I gave them to him. Uh, I actually believe they're Dolce and Gabbana. Because really, yeah, that's, those, a, that's an expensive joke. Gift. Yeah, but they're, it is. But they're extremely weird, and that fits <laughs> Dolce and Gabbana perfectly. No, um, it. I'm telling you, it's. Uh, are you sure? Yes, All right. I'm positive. All right. I would. know at one point some of the pants we were giving back and forth were Dolce and Gabbana. I think I gave you a shirt to go with the pants, <laughs> and then you kept the shirt. But yeah. anyway, uh, so we've been giving the same gift back and forth to each mm-hmm. other since uh, 1989 and or 1990, and. Uh, I didn't get. I didn't get my. I really thought I gave that back to you. Nope. Yeah, but uh, re- yeah. repurpose it again Wait, what? this year. What? what? <laughs> I'll have to get you another yeah, pair I guess this I'm year. Skipping your birthday <laughs> anyway. So Pat, you've been watching the uh, impeachment. What is your thought today? Uh, kind of like yours. It seems like a bad day for the president. Uh, and I don't. I just don't understand why they've gone this direction the whole time. You mean Trump? Yes. Why yeah. Trump has insisted it's not quid pro quo. Who cares if it's quid pro quo? Uh, tell them it's in the national interest. Because it was. Because in it the was. Interest. And that's what, see, here's what Schiff has done today is he's moved it two steps. He's made two moves. He's got somebody now saying, yep, definitely. I talked to the president. I got it from uh, Rudy Giuliani. It was quid pro quo. If this didn't happen, he he would not have a meeting with Zelensky. Now, he later tied that to the aid, but that is hearsay because that was something that the, the ambassador said. I just assumed that that's what it was. Okay, mm-hmm. So there is no evidence that it was tied to the aid. But you could make that assumption uh, as Ambassador Sondland did. So what he did was he gave them the quid pro quo today. At least with the meeting. 
with the meeting. But did yeah. you see what imba- what what uh, he had the ambassador testify to towards the end? The Democratic attorney said, uh, or Schiff said, so this was a working meeting, though, right? This was an official working meeting. Oh, yeah. And he said, yes, it was. And so you were planning on doing work and trying to really work. Yes. So this was an official presidential duty. So he moved this piece two spots down the board. Mm. Uh, and the president shouldn't have ever let them have that. No. And he only nope. he only allowed them to have that because he kept insisting and probably still will. There was no quid pro quo. There was an off-ramp, however. The off-ramp uh, was, I think, the first part of that. Oh, well, if that's what you meant by quid pro quo, a meeting? I thought you were talking about the money. But the meeting, yeah, quid pro quo. Right. But you better have right. a, a legitimate reason why that money was held up. Right. You can't, it's going to be hard for him to say, <laughs> sure, yeah, that was a quid pro quo. The point here is that what are we arguing about at this at this at this juncture? Right, a meeting? Like I, I mean, I that is like what what age are we? I think that's like, the out. If it's if it's all about the meeting, right. I don't care if that's a working meeting or not. You can't impeach him over a meeting. <laughs> Can you? I mean, it's silly. It's right? ridiculous. I, 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 it's just it's it's so. Uh, but he's not. But there's not. That's not the way it's going to be spun. Remember, impeachment no. is not a legal proceeding. It is a political proceeding, so you have to convince the American people. Yeah, right. Donald and- Trump has given him the ammunition. He's armed the media with the ammunition. Clear cut. Yes, it was quid pro quo. They're not going to take it any further. They won't care about no, the media. They, and even and, if he didn't say that, they would lie about it. But they have him on tape saying it multiple correct. times with the, you know, with all the flavor that they want. And it is a logical leap from the meeting to then what happened to the aid? Why why was the aid held up? And it was a logical leap from Sondland. Yes. Which is logical. what he's saying. I was like, yeah, well, obviously this is part of it. Right. And so the American people will take that leap. And that shuts down everything else. Everything else of what this is about. 2016. What's the State Department's role in uh, these uh, these riots all around the world, including Ukraine? What was happening uh, with civil society 2.0? What was happening with uh, the 2016 election? What happened to the $7 billion? All of that is gone. It's, it's honestly like somebody burned down a house, and we're listening to two attorneys argue with the guy who left the paint thinner open and then was smoking around it, and all they're doing is, is asking the the painter, yes, but was the living room eggshell or white? <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. That has nothing mm-hmm. to do with this. But that's the president's fault. And it's strange that they haven't seen that along the way. I, how is it possible? I think everybody did. He, with all his advisors, didn't say, look, this is the wrong tack. We've got to go so, to U.S. interest. I, I don't uh, understand. Inside sources have told me that uh they have been saying that to the president yes and he won't go with it no he wants to he never wants to give up ground right yeah and i I do think after this he will come out again and say there was no quid pro quo i I agree because he'll say it wasn't in the call he will and we still at this point don't have uh a transcript of trump saying it right what we have is 
a very close aide, a million, you know, seven-figure donor to the president who said that it that it was said. And, and he's came credible. directly from Giuliani. And, and, and he's credible in a way that, like, his presentation, he's, as you watch it, yeah. he seems credible. He's I mean, credible he's changes... for the media and the American yep. people to consume it and deem he's credible. The clips will play He well. could be the biggest liar in the world, but he will not be spun that way. Right. And his mm-hmm. clips don't look like Vinman looked a little... Squirrely. I don't know, squirrely. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he didn't did. look shady. He just looks squirrely. You're kind of you watch him and you're like, oh, I don't know. Vinman did not have any of that approach to him at all. And to be clear, he said some things that have been beneficial, I think, to the president. Um, and this line is carved out pretty well in that tr- we, we he basically put Sondland put all the blame to Giuliani largely and said Giuliani was doing these things. But they were at the president's request. But Giuliani was the problem. Giuliani's the one who was saying, uh, you know, explicit quid pro quo. Giuliani, Giuliani, Giuliani. Now, he's not saying that he doesn't believe Giuliani, that Giuliani uh, didn't really get the word from the president. He's not saying that. Um, but the president may very well say that. He may say, I don't know what Rudy was doing. You know, yeah, maybe Rudy was telling people that. <laughs> I wasn't telling people that. He could throw him under the bus. And we 100% at this point know that... There was a quid pro quo for these things, at least according to the Ukrainians, who definitely felt that outwardly from Sondland. Have you noticed that until today, when Sondland kept saying it, they've dropped the quid pro quo thing and went to bribery? Yeah. yeah and I think that's because the American people don't necessarily know what, know what quid pro quo <laughs> right. is. Well, they, they, they're a, not up on their Latin as much a, as maybe we should be. They did a focus group uh, last week or the week before. And uh, they said, you know, which, what does it mean? And, and nobody knew what it meant and nobody cared what it meant. Mm. But when they said, um, how about the word bribery? They all went, oh, that's really bad. Right. And, and that's why they changed it. It was right. all changed again for a focus group. And, and I think fo- it was changed for Al Sharpton, too, because the president has been proven to have a cued pro. Cool. <laughs> he did not say a, that. A squid. Skid Row, <laughs> the president has been doing briberries. <laughs> Too many briberries. <laughs> so I think in part this is for Al Sharpton's Sunday that could uh, be for show his broadcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so he doesn't have to deal with that right. stuff. Right. I will say it's also in the Constitution, right? Outwardly, the word is in the yeah. Constitution as a pro as opposed to quid well, pro they pro. tested high crimes, misdemeanors, mm-hmm. bribery. Yeah. Quid, quid pro quo. And there's no chance that Al Sharpton could ever pronounce no, that. No chance no. at all. No. Can, so, well, he, I can. Can he do high crimes and misdemeanors? Is that... Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. even know if he could get I'm, to that. I'm not positive on that Probably one. pretty <laughs> difficult. <laughs> and I will tell you... High crimes and Mrs. was meaner. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> Maybe Mrs. Wiener. Mrs. Wiener. <laughs> they, they, know, yeah, yeah. they know Mrs. Wiener. Uh, what's her name? That works Anthony for Hillary. Wieners. Yeah. Oh, yes. right. Yeah. Yes. Um, let me just leave you with this idea. Uh, I want to play the audio from Good Morning America. Now, listen to this audio, what they say. Well, our poll also shows that 21 percent of, of Americans have made up their minds after the first week of testimony. That suggests uh, that they were already locked in or that really the testimony they've heard is enough. 
But that's a big percentage who still have to make up their minds. And 70 percent saying the president did something wrong. The president keeps saying the call was perfect. He did nothing wrong. Our polls suggest that may go down in history along with I did not have sex with that woman as a very ineffective presidential defense. Okay, so I believe that to be accurate. Really? You think only 20 percent of people have made their mind up on this? I don't think it's even close to that. No, 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 no. What, what What I'm... saying is the uh, statement, I didn't have sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. You're saying you believe that you never had sex with her? <laughs> well, I'm Lewinsky. pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Pretty sure. Okay. Um, so. Uh, never be 100%. Right. These uh, things happen. I right. think that it is, I, I think that this, there was no quid pro quo, is going to go down in the same way as a bad presidential defense and we'll all remember no quid pro quo, and it will become a joke. Hmm. But it will not harm the president. It won't bring him down. It will no. not bring him down. That That's what I predict from this, that ABC is right, hmm. but what I think they're thinking is, and uh, that brought the impeachment. No, look to the end of that. Nobody cared. Nobody yeah. cared. Yeah. And, and the funny thing, too, is we're talking about him changing the quid pro quo argument, but he hasn't even changed the perfect call argument. Yet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's still on that the call really is perfect. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to be his pattern here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Happy birthday, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. Big plan. 38 already. 38. Wow. Wow. That's really strange. Yeah. yeah. I've got children who are. 38. All right. <laughs> wow. I don't, science doesn't know how it happened. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Well, well into it men right can now. have periods. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You know, 38 year olds can have babies. <laughs> <laughs> babies can have adults or teenagers. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.